electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Welcome to Q4. Uh, futures do turn positive as Merck says its oral antiviral shows a 50% drop in hospitalization and death. Is it the game changer we've been looking for? As Kramer and Gottlieb have suggested today, we'll discuss as PMIs and ISMs are on the way. Our roadmap begins with stocks looking to bounce back after that September slump. Futures point to a rally to kick off the new quarter. And in what could be a breakthrough for treating COVID, Merck shares are surging as it and partner Ridgeback Biotherapeutics report compelling results for that oral antiviral treatment. Ridgeback's co-founders are going to join us live in just a few minutes. Plus, Zoom and 5.9 scrapping plans for that multi-billion dollar merger amid some federal scrutiny. First, though, this morning, we got some great news uh, for Jim, for all of us, uh, for you uh, and CNBC today. Beyond seeing Jim on the air, on the daily shows and of course here and mad money investors are going to get even more from you jim very soon in the new cnbc investing club you're going to send daily emails that will detail your thoughts on the markets you're going to host periodic events you're going to share even more in video form and perhaps most importantly get this investors will get a deeper insight into jim's charitable trust what trades he's making his candid reflections on the winners and losers jim this is huge. Yeah, look, I, I, I want to keep doing what I love, and, and that's helping investors make the best possible decisions with their money. We're going to be sending emails and videos. Everyone can see exactly how I'm trading. Of course, before I do anything, that's what really matters. Right now, we've got 34 stocks. It's really a recommended list. And yes, I'll tell you when I screw up. Most of what I do when I do my conferences, here's what I did wrong. Hey, listen, when you do something right, who cares? When you do something wrong, you can learn from it. And Carl, I'm being a teacher. I've always wanted to be a teacher. I was going to retire to teach a class. It turns out I got the greatest class in the world right here at CNBC. Uh, it's funny. I was, I was in the neighborhood, in my neighborhood yesterday. A guy comes up and says, you guys have helped me retire. I mean, it's, and I thought of you immediately, Jim. Uh, that's, the, that's, that's your mission. Well, we have fortunate enough to have a, another, enough people from uh, Mad Money call in because of some other work that I've done uh, to try to explain to people why things go up or down uh, that are mystifying. But more importantly, let's say I bought Union Pacific, okay? I bought Union Pacific because I thought that the great reopening would occur, and what I didn't count on was the, the port situation. Well, do I just sit there and say, I've got, I own Facebook, and it's been amazing, and it's a great run, and I bought it at 50? No. I made a mistake with Union Pacific. I can try to trade around it, or I can bring it home, or I can just say, what a screw-up. And I never hear anyone on TV ever say, hey, I bought Union Pacific. Boy, was that wrong. Unbelievable. I had him on. He was very, Lance Fritz was negative, and boy, I just screwed up. And David, when you screw up, no one ever hears about it. No, it's more interesting conversation, frankly. It is, isn't it? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, to your point, you do learn. 
uh, and you can't get a sense from people. And, and uh, by the way, I appreciate that when people actually tell me and admit to their mistakes. It doesn't happen too often on CNBC. <laughs> no. But you know, to be a little promotional if you haven't noticed uh, through the last uh, few decades. But, but it is helpful when they right. do that. Thank you. And I would tell you, Carl, to educate and teach in a recommended list, so you can say, look, I, that one's too risky for me. That one's got dividends that I like, and we rank everything. We also rank what we're about to sell, what we don't like, price targets. It's kind of like a broker's house with we don't want your commission. Mm. We just want you to learn. Uh, I, I have been teaching stocks since 1983, but I've never had the audience to teach like I can have here. Uh, and the fact that Mark Hoffman, CNBC, all the way down, all the way up. Uh, Brian Roberts, who is such a great, there I go, I work for Comcast, yes, David. Yes, you do, yes, you uh, do. It, it is just a delight to be able to educate, teach, and show people what I did right, and more importantly, what you shouldn't do. Uh, meanwhile, we're going to take advantage of new technologies. You notice the QR code at the bottom of your screen. That's going to allow you to yep. use that to get to digital content right. in ways that has really never been possible before. No, and remember, we give you far more. Let, let's say I do a mad dash today, and it's on what to do with Regeneron. Well, people just say that was a good 35 seconds, and David was able to flesh it out for another 10 seconds, and then what happens is, that's it? No. We're going to, we would talk about how Len Schleifer might be saying that Regeneron and the drip is actually better than Merck. But the fact is, is that people may not want to go for the drip or more importantly, there may be true preventive. That's what we'll talk about. We'll flesh it out. I'll give them insight that David has because David's got unbelievable insight and has been saying this thing's going to happen for a long time. We're going to get to Molnupiravir in a second, but really quick, you can sign up, find out more at cnbc.com slash investing club, or as we said, just point your phone to the QR code at the bottom of your screen, and it will take you there, Jim. Congratulations. Thank you. Educate, teach, and yes, entertain, because I need you to to learn. I need you to learn. And thank you so much for this kind words. I'm just happy because it means you're going to be sitting next to me for a long time. Uh, I would say... Till I'm um, 48 years old. <laughs> that old? I signed for five years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on now to, of course, uh, what is a big story, not just for uh, Merck, by the way, but for the overall market. Shares of Merck, of course, are up in the pre-market. The drug maker and partner Ridgeback Biotherapeutics announcing this morning at 6 a.m. that that experimental COVID pill cut the risk and death of hospitalization by 50%. That's a late-stage phase three study. They stopped it early. Uh, because of efficacy. And the FDA said, yeah, we agree with that. Move on. Plan to file. Get it going for emergency use authorization. And they will do that. Uh, It is certainly possible that this will be available perhaps before the end of the year, guys. It's turned the market. Obviously, it has Merck shares up. It's got some of the vaccine maker shares down. Um, Listen, for me, frankly, it's a story that I've been talking about since the first weeks of the pandemic given my relationship with uh, Ridgeback Biotherapeutics and its founders who are going to join us momentarily. Uh, But it's amazing to have watched it move all the way through from Emory University to Ridgeback to Merck having licensed it last summer and then uh, all the trials. And here we are. And we've talked about this so many times, Jim, as a potential breakthrough. Right. Because it's a five-day course, two pills a day, if, even if you're asymptomatic, but if you have s- symptoms, if you get early, if you get a test that says you have COVID, even if a breakthrough infection, whatever it might be, it knocks the virus down. It does so right. quickly. It makes you far less infectious. 
and it could be the game changer we've been looking for also psychologically because so many people okay. refuse okay. to sort of engage perhaps in life in part because of concerns and this changes that yeah i, I think that i want to quote dr topo who's my expert now he's not he, he's well known to many of our viewers but he just sends to me because i was skeptical I came out of skepticism. He goes, look, it's almost as good as intravenous monoclonal antibodies, that's Regeneron, to prevent pneumonia disease, but it's far simpler to get and take after getting symptoms or a positive test. may turn out to be preventive after exposure, but the new trial was mild to moderate COVID, and he said it was just very, very promising. So let's go back to what Dave was saying about the, the notion of what our country can do. We had a weak... There were a lot of people who changed their plans because of Delta. They did. And a lot of people, I mean, I show my card everywhere, and I'm always worried when I hear that someone's exposed. You take away the worry of hearing that someone's exposed. Can you imagine what life will be like? Huge implications for the labor force, maybe for the supply crunch that we're all in. It's a global story, of course. Yes. Uh, the White House has already got some investments it does. Uh, baked into some of this it to does. get it out fast. And it's, as I understand, relatively easy to make. Uh, you see the yes. vaccine makers, by the way, Jim, easy down sharply pre-market. Yes. Easy to make and easy to ship. And obviously there are many countries where vaccination rates are far lower. And so you could imagine that this will be very effective potentially. Well, what's Again, the analogy? Is it like the shingles? Thing you know, it's more than Tamiflu. I mean, we talk right. about Tamiflu, right. but frankly, this is a lot more effective than that is in terms of treating the flu. So I don't know specifically. I think actually we should uh, we should put it to, uh, to our guests. Um, right. And so and I want to I want to get started. I think that second. one of the things that people really have to understand is while the Regeneron drug is great, our country is not built around taking a drip. No, no. And having uh, to infuse something makes it much right. more difficult. It, it, to. It's kind of like there'll be people if I told you that you could work out two hours a day and lose weight or I could tell you there's a pill that lose weight. I mean, you're taking the pill, whether you think that that's necessary. Our country is a pill oriented country. And I think what's terrific is psychologically, I'm not, look, I'm not afraid. I got three Moderna, okay? But it was only after I got the third that I feel like I could sit next to you. (laughs) Well, you were sitting next to me, even with two, amazingly enough. Actually, we were sitting 30 feet apart for a while when we didn't have any. Well, it's Um, your dog. All right. Speaking, by the way, of the past, it was March of 2020 when we first spoke to Dr. Wayne Holman about uh, then potential treatment for COVID-19. How quickly can you move here if this thing actually shows that it's efficacious and tolerable amongst humans? We can uh, advance this very quickly. It prevents disease when given as a prophylaxis to animals. If you administer doses of MERS and SARS, which are two other highly pathogenic, deadly coronaviruses, and it reduces the severity of disease and the viral levels in the lung when 2801 is given as a treatment of MERS and SARS in animals. Joining us now are Wendy Holman and Dr. Wayne Holman. Of course, they're the co-founders of Ridgeback Biotherapeutics. It's great to see you both. It has been a long road in many ways, Wayne. I mean, referring back to our March 2020 conversation, what gave you the confidence then that, in fact, we would get to this moment today? Hi, David. Thanks so much for having us back. We're very happy to be here. Very exciting day. Um, You know, in drug development, the truth is, when you have a molecule that's never been given to a human being before, um, you know, confidence might not be the right word, more, more like hope, but we were hopeful. Uh, we also thought that it was um, 
absolutely essential that we give this drug a chance. We thought it had a chance. We were concerned that the pandemic, this virus might cause a pandemic, sadly, the way it has unfolded, and it would be a big need that was unmet. And so we took that chance. Uh, we, you know, we really started to, started to get confident when we saw the animal data, the human data. So we went into phase one, we were able to give the, the drug to people at every dose we gave it to people in phase one. We saw that it was very well tolerated, similar, similarly to placebo. And we were getting blood levels that suggested that there was enough drug in, in the people that if we treated people who were sick with COVID, that we should be able to replicate what we saw in animals, which is prevent people from getting sicker. And happily today, we're able to show that phase three was stopped early, as you mentioned, in outpatients, and we're able to reduce hospitalizations by half, death and hospitalization by half, and we're able to reduce death to zero. You know, one out of 50 people, sadly, on the placebo arm actually died of COVID, and, and um, no one died in the treatment group. Uh, Wendy, you know, uh, obviously, having been close to the two of you and watched this process, I can remember when you were dealing with the U.S. government early on, before you even signed the deal with Merck. But give us a little background there and your expectations now from your partner, Merck, obviously, which, which has this drug, in terms of their ability to manufacture. How many courses can, can Merck potentially come up with as soon as this thing is uh, uh, approved under emergency usage? Thanks, David. So the primary reason that we originally went to the U.S. government was for help with manufacturing. We were we felt an obligation that if the drug were to work, we wanted to have enough for everyone. Um, we never got government funding, um, so we then turned to Merck, who is a tremendous commercial partner, to help us get this to the people. So they have publicly announced that they'll have 10 million treatment courses available by the end of the year, as well as they've also entered into We've entered into voluntary license agreements with um, different generic manufacturers to allow it to get to sort of other parts of the world that would not be able to afford it. And Wendy, what are your expectations then beyond that? Uh, you know, we were talking before we, we came to the two of you uh, about countries where vaccination rates continue to be low, where there's certainly the possibility of even other variants perhaps being as devastating as Delta has been. Um, is Merck going to be able to produce a lot more than 10 million courses into 2022? So the great news about, the great part of the news today related to variants is that 80% of the patients that were available had either gamma, Delta, or mu. Um, so we've seen its power against the variants and the voluntary license agreements that we've entered into allow for generic manufacturers to sell it at as close to cost as possible for the rest of the world. Wayne, I think it is important to sort of remind people, it, it, you know, and again, as you'd explained to me many times, maybe I finally understand it, it doesn't work against the, the spike protein the way the vaccines do. It actually works against all the variants because it has a different way of actually knocking down the virus. Can you explain to people why that's the case and why it's important so it may mean that any future variant would be susceptible to the drug? That's right. So this um, drug acts uh, on the part of the virus that that's the virus uses to reproduce itself. And so it stops the virus from being able to do that or reduces its ability to do that. And that has nothing to do with variants in, in the genetic code of the spike protein, which is what we hear about a lot with variants. Um, so 
not only does it work against all the variants that we've tested in vitro, as Wendy mentioned, happily, we've now shown in, in the human clinical trial, it worked equally well against all the variants that were tested in the phase three. Um, and we know uh, from other work that it works against other coronaviruses, as I mentioned back in March, and SARS-1 and MERS, um, and it also works against unrelated viruses such as influenza. So you know, it's, a, it's a very fundamental mechanism to how viruses replicate themselves, and it's very difficult to generate resistance, and it's, uh, it should work against all variants that, that we see, hopefully. Yeah, well, let me come back to that, actually. I want to come back to, to Molnupiravir specifically but you, uh, and COVID, but you just indicated that there might be indications for this drug far beyond even COVID-19. I mean, flu, is that really a possibility and or other viruses? Why? Uh, absolutely. So the, it, basically, if, if it's an RNA virus, it uses a similar enzyme to SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus that causes COVID, and to replicate itself. And this medicine tricks the virus into using it as a building block of the chain as it tries to make copies of itself. And it will do so, uh, and it has done so uh, successfully in, 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 in vitro as well as in animal studies for influenza, SARS-1, MERS, as well as other viruses. Wendy, uh, all three of us, for example, at this desk are certainly vaccinated. As Jim just indicated, he's got three in them already. But if one of us were to get a breakthrough, a breakthrough uh, um, uh, uh, infection, would our doctor advise us if this is available to actually take the five-day course? Would it be your expectation that that would be the case? Obviously, it would come down to your physician. But we've seen with the, some of the breakthrough cases is that you still see hospitalization and bad outcomes. And so I would imagine your physician would want you to take this to make sure that you stay out of the hospital um, and obviously avoid that. Right. And we'll see what the FDA um, label is. But ultimately, as Wendy pointed out, it's a decision. If you're symptomatic, uh, your physician, you know, it's about having that option available to you. In addition, yeah. um, we announced in September that we, Merck and Ridgeback have started a prophylaxis trial, which will look at whether or not you've been exposed to somebody with COVID taking this treatment, does it stop you from getting it? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, Wayne, uh, and I referenced this, of course, I can remember a conversation you and I had on March 6th. I remember the date when you indicated to me that I better be very careful out there. Stop taking the subway is what you basically said. You said some other things, too. In your mind, is this day a, a, a significant one in terms of uh, our ability to deal with this virus? Absolutely. You know, what we're afraid of with the virus is, is bad outcomes, right? We, we, there are four other coronaviruses that have been circulating uh, naturally that give people mostly uh, common cold symptoms. And we handle that and we live a normal life. And the idea is that all of these innovations that have been coming out of the biopharma industry are designed to help get us back to that normal life. And if you know that your risk of being hospitalized or having a bad uh, illness or obviously death has been dramatically reduced by all of these countermeasures, including hopefully molnupiravir, then you feel more comfortable conducting activities the way we always did. So that was the hope when we first spoke in March. And we're super excited and happy that, you know, this drug has worked the way we hoped it would and that it's so easy uh, to distribute and to manufacture from a, from a logistics standpoint. This can, can be distributed around the globe. Um, and we can make large uh, quantities available, and our partners can as well. And Merck's manufacturing is really incredible, and they've done 
an incredible job, and we're super happy with what they've been able to accomplish. And you, you asked about uh, how much. Yeah. And, and Sorry, let me let, let me stop you there because I know Jim Cramer wanted to just get a quick question yeah. in. Sorry, it does feel like the, the polio moment when we lift polio and when we gave it to the sugar cube with Dr. Saban. Congratulations, both Wendy and, and Wayne. Uh, let me just ask you a question. I do Binax now four or five days. I, I do it. It's the Abbott test. I really like it. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Holman, let's say it comes out positive. Uh, if I take it Monday, it's negative. Tuesday, it's positive. What should I do? How do I change my life the moment I see that that's a positive reaction to Binax now? So hopefully if, after, if we're uh, fortunate enough to get um, emergency use or full approval from FDA and it's available, um, at that point, you would very likely want to call your physician, let your physician know you've tested positive, and then your physician in, in consultation with you would decide if, it, if it's the right thing for you to reduce your risk of hospitalization or death based on the data that we've shared today. Uh, Wendy, you know, uh, this is also a big day, obviously, not just for Merck, uh, but for Ridgeback Biotherapeutics as well. And conceivably, given the numbers that we're talking about from Merck, you guys are going to uh, to do quite well as well. I, I just wonder, how are you going to change your approach? I mean, I know, you know, Wayne, For I know as an investor for so many years, does this change sort of what you guys are doing at Ridgeback, given what has been a long process here, but ultimately one that does appear to be likely to end in, in great success? Yeah, um, not at all. It strengthens our resolve. When Wayne and I founded Ridgeback Biotherapeutics, our primary goal was to work on global health. We wanted to work on diseases that needed champions and where better to start but there. And we used our knowledge of, from our investment world and applied it to looking into the, the antiviral field. And that's how we started our work in Ebola. And Ridgeback Bio was one of the few companies that was able to get a viral treatment for an acute illness approved in a pandemic setting. And so we used those lessons learned and applied them to COVID. And we're certainly gonna use our lessons learned from COVID and use it um, on our developing pipeline. And finally, Wayne, uh, you know, Pfizer's got a, a, a therapy that may be out there as well. I think it's a different mechanism. Is that something you welcome? Uh, is it seen as a competitor from your perspective? And do you think, frankly, what, from what you know about it, that it's likely to work as well? Yeah, great question, David. And, you know, the way we look at it and the way I look at it is that we don't really have competitors in this you know, COVID world. We have allies in the fight against this pandemic. And we, you know, we're, we're very close to uh, a lot of the people at Pfizer and um, very happy that they're uh, having the huge success they've had uh, both with the vaccine and happy to see them getting into later stage studies with their antiviral as well. Um, it, as you pointed out, it's a different mechanism um, and our, our, our compound uh, inhibits the ability of the virus to replicate by stopping um, and inhibiting its ability to reproduce um, there's, uh, is it called a protease inhibitor? Um, and that, uh, has an effect on an enzyme that's necessary for the virus to assemble itself, um, and essentially. And so th these things in history suggest that combinations in, in antiviral can be helpful, uh, but we welcome all, uh, effective therapies, uh, that can help this pandemic. Uh, well, Wayne and Wendy, certainly appreciate uh, you joining us this morning uh, on obviously a, a big day for you and for the markets and for uh, perhaps hopefully for global health as well. Thank you both. Thank you, Thank David. You. Thanks, everybody. 
Meantime, there's plenty of data headed our way. We'll get some ISMs and PMIs at the top of the hour. Already got core PCE. We'll talk a bit about Congress. Got a clean CR now signed. What's next for infrastructure? And then a number of calls on names like Southwest, MGM, Dollar Tree, some Disney and Zoom news. Futures are still positive to start Q4. Don't go away. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Coming off uh, the S&P's first monthly loss since January, biggest monthly drop since the beginning of the pandemic. And as we kick off Q4, take a look at the S&P's best gainers for 2021 so far. Although down pre-market today, it's Moderna at number one with a gain of almost 250%. The opening bell in about four minutes. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, we got a minute till we get started with trading here at the NYC. Let's squeeze in a mad dash. Yeah, I'm very excited about uh, what's happening in the movie business because of what I just heard from the homeless. I think people are going to be going out more. AMC's got some movies coming out. We've got Venom. We had Bond. I pulled up with Adam Aaron yesterday, who's the CEO. He's talking about the Bond numbers in Europe are extraordinary. It's going to get people to the movies. I feel great people are going to go out. So if you have an AMC and you're thinking, well, maybe it's too dangerous, this could change things. It's a game. It's also, by the way, anti-inflationary, if you can believe it. Right. Because people will be showing up to work who can't work on the ports, the docks, the, the whole chain. Wow. Big cheer here, Carl. We love the enthusiasm. There's the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange. I 
at the big board. It is quantum computing company IonQ celebrating its listing via SPAC at the NASDAQ. It's first watch, a breakfast and lunch restaurant chain celebrating its IPO. We haven't had too many of those in terms of new issues. No. Uh, by the way, I've been doing some work for an index I want to put together for the investment club of companies that basically you know the brand name. I mean, uh, the people know Dutch Bro. Uh, people know, I think, Blade. We're talking about like, Blade. There's a nice note today by Deutsche Bank, a, a catalyst. There are a lot of companies that are coming public that people are just buying them because wheels up. They've seen the ads. And I, look, I want to be a little uh, circumspect because what happens is if you like your Warby Parker glasses, and I'll explain this in the club, that does not mean go buy Warby Parker. It may mean the start. I don't think there's anything wrong with starting it, but it can't be the end point. You need to do some work. Now, we'll do work on for us for, to help people. But there are many companies that are coming public where people say, I've always wanted to go on wheels up. Let's buy some stock. Believe it or not, I talk to enough younger investors who do this. And I'm not saying it's a shame. I'm saying that they've got an idea. And, but you have to look to see if the company's doing well. Right. Jim, your, your point about... Uh Molnupiravir leading to travel. All the leaders this morning are cruise lines, airlines. Uh, there's uh, Live Nation up there. Uh, as we get a sense of what this could mean, I'm looking at some of the reaction from the street. Uh, SVP Larink, uh, for example, says could gain $10 billion in near-term orders uh, from work and represent the best option uh, to get the pandemic under control. Yes, this is it. I mean, this is, if I were Jay Powell, which I'm not, a lot of times I'm confused, Uh, I would say, you know what? Forget about the current inflation numbers. We may see a return to work. And a lot of the times when you speak with companies that are involved in the supply chain, the issue is absenteeism. People are scared. Maybe if this makes it so you're less scared, you're going to show up to work. There are 10 million people who somehow have disappeared from the workforce. And the belief is, is that many of them are afraid of going to work, catching this, getting the hospital, or even dying. Well, you heard the Holman's tale. Yeah. I do not feel that I think you take the risk and you make it so that it really is just like having the flu of which people or do less. Die. Now, by the way, when you from. have the vaccine and you get a breakthrough case, it typically is something along those lines already. Yes. As um, uh, Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh tests positive today. Right. Yeah. Been vaccinated since January. Really? But no, so not symptomatic. Uh, and so that has typically been the case. But this is obviously yet another sort of momentous line here in terms of our progress against the virus, particularly for those who are not vaccinated. Now, of course, there are people who refuse to use the vaccine. You wonder, what would they be willing to take a five-day course antiviral if they got it? I don't know. Um, Merck has obviously done, it's Merck, you know, right. nobody does, I mean, they know how to do trials. Yes, they do. We wouldn't sit here and question it, but there certainly will be those who do, I'm sure, even though I didn't ask uh, Dr. Holman and Wendy about that in particular. Yeah, there, there were some questions on Squawk this morning about the trial of it's un, of unvaccinated. Yes, unvaccinated participants. That's right. So, and Gottlieb tried to argue, well, the commission, the agencies could extrapolate that data for those who have been vaccinated. Yeah, but that's a question. International emergency. I hope that uh, CDC, uh, FDA understand and don't botch this. And the reason I say this was anyone who's read Dr. Gottlieb's book uncontrolled spread yeah comes back and just is the cdc has been an unmitigated disaster yeah. it has been so dysfunctional that you almost start thinking that it's a keystone 
cop who would be like, no, that's my extrapolation. Understood. After having uh, uh, Dr. Gottlieb on, they just did so many things wrong. I don't want them in the way. I also want to be sure that Dr. Fauci understands when he comes on that this is a breakthrough. It's a good thing. And that he has to be a little more, little. maybe he has to be a little more forward thinking. I don't want to hear there aren't enough of the, I don't want to hear, you know what, don't say much about it because there are not enough of them yet. We've got to get well, away from that. That happened well, many first times. First of all, that's not going to be an issue for Merck. I mean, you're seeing those shares. I don't know if they've had a day where Merck shares have been up almost 12%. We'll see how it ends the day. But that's where it is right now. Based Mevacor. On the Mevacor. Mevacor. That's a long time ago. Well, it was, yes, 1987. It was <laughs> during the month of August yeah. when they had the number of Mevacor, the breakthrough. And it was incredible. The stock went up day after day. After right. Uh, well, this is a That's moment for, for Merck, which is, by the way, under new management. Um, I'm noticing, of course, shares of some of the key vaccine makers. We've seen them. But mRNA, in particular, Moderna, uh, is down almost 9%. Um, but Merck, and you heard the Holmans, uh, you know, it's $700 is what we're hearing, a treatment course. That's two pills a day for five days. The U.S. is already committed, by the way to uh, 1.7 million treatment courses, uh, but there will be 10 million available, and they can manufacture pretty quickly. I mean, they can make a lot of this stuff. And so as the vaccine is represented to Pfizer, this multi, multi-billion dollar revenue opportunity, this could similar uh, be similar for Merck, which, by the way, did not succeed in its early attempts right. at a vaccine. Right. Merck is a, a company that David's been talking about for month, for literally since this happened, that makes people uh, comfortable. Merck, J and J. These are companies you say, you know what? They are, Van Pfizer, like wow. Merck puts his name on it. Uh, used to be called, we used to call it Saint Merck because Merck would never do anything right. that was wrong. High science too. I mean, Dr. Vagelos, who's now the chairman, by the way, of Regeneron. When Dr. Vagelos run ran Merck and, and President Clinton at that point uh, as running attacked Merck at Rahway where it was headquarters. It was uh, one of the worst things I've ever seen. Dr. Vagelos was doing everything he could to cure anything. And that's been the reputation of Ken Frazier. Uh, they were not able to come up with a lot of new drugs, but they never did anything oh, other than no. the... Keytrude has been a pretty impressive drug. is amazing. Amazing anti-cancer drug. Yes. There was a period uh, where they came up with a drug that was like Celebrex. Yes. That was an amazing drug. But Biox, was that theirs? Yeah, or I Biox. forget which one. Yeah, back But anyway, and that's why they got in trouble because they had a lawsuit. The stock yep. broke down to 27. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that it is breakthrough. Do I think it's wrong that stocks are flying? I think psychologically, Carl. Yeah, tell me. This turned the market, yeah. you know, it well, before this news came out. Yeah, the 6 a.m. You were could see down. futures skyrocket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we also get away from when I spoke to, to Brian Cornell yesterday from Target and I spoke to uh, to Marvin Ellison from Lowe's, uh, there are tremendous. There is resistance now. They've been able to put people who uh, who ref- refuse to have a vaccine. You can take a person and not put them in front line dealing with people. Uh, by the way, frontliners. What a break for frontliners, right? For for people who are just right out there. But uh, this takes away the resistance. Uh, nearer term, though, we're still looking at 
inflationary pressures that are going to build in Q4. Yes. Uh, Powell essentially admitted that yesterday again in front of the House. Got a downgraded Dollar Tree today on that very issue. Well, We've been through Nike, FedEx, Bed Bath, and all that. When I talked to Dollar Tree, I mean, what, what did they really do? They admitted that you can't really anymore do a, get a lot of stuff for a dollar. And, and But people were relieved that they had went with that way. But I think that if I were uh, Fed Chair Powell, I would try to find right now absenteeism and correlate that with freight. I mean, when I talked to, to Bed Bath, I mean, freight was just dreadful. Now, the word traffic was dreadful, too, and I can't predict a quick turnaround there. I would say that the dollar, the money they have in the till versus the stock price is pretty inexpensive. But when I look at what's going on, I just keep coming back to absenteeism and what absenteeism has done to inflation and that this is the break that that Jay Powell David, this is a break that Jay Powell may have wanted. May have yeah, needed. you think so? Have, yeah, I do. I really do. He, but he's got to come up with the, he's got to be empirical about what it means to get rid of, to, to cut back on absenteeism. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, listen, by the way, on that note, uh, I, I continue to can hear a, a litany of frustration from those who run large organizations in terms of their inability to get people back in the office. I know. I had, I had a lunch and a dinner last night. Uh, it's, it's just a never-ending theme. Uh, I mean, people are at their, some of these CEOs are at their wits end as to how they deal with it. Yeah, I mean, how do I get people back in? They don't, the younger people in particular, and they're like, they don't get it. They don't understand. but well, Benioff said he goes to the world. office periodically. Yeah, periodically. Benioff, well, Benioff's the other side of it. He's like, I don't care. You stay home as long as you want. But a lot right. of these well, CEOs are going to be in have, three, four days a week. You have to have a test before you go to Mr. Charles for dinner. And he asks you, how many, okay, how many drops is at the bottom? He gives you a little quiz. How many drops do you put in for Binox now? I said, six. How many circles do you make? I said, well, maybe he'll five. start to relax now that Molnupiravir potentially is going to get approved by the end of the year. I don't think he'll relax. I mean, he's... Well, although um, PwC, yeah. uh, the big consulting and accounting firm, uh, telling 40,000 U.S. employees they can work and live, uh, they can work virtually, live anywhere in perpetuity. Forever. In perpetuity. And in it perpetuity. is a consultant. I mean, they tend to exactly. travel all the yes. time anyhow, but but well, that's still amazing. <laughs> 40,000 people. That's well, all right. e- we don't e- need an office for you. Right, but EY, a Carmine Decibio, does talk about the idea, you know, you need the one meeting. Then you don't need the multiple meetings. Right. Right? Um, yeah. Speaking of meetings, by the way, and then using Zoom, let's get to it because the um, deal's over. Uh, they, they voted it down uh, yesterday. We were waiting. The vote was later in the day. Uh, there was an expectation that it, the vote of 5-9 shareholders would be adjourned because, of course, as I'd said many times, they were not going to vote in favor of a deal that valued the company at far less than its stock price prior to actually agreeing to the deal to be acquired by Zoom. It was an all-stock transaction that was announced a number of months back. Um, but, Jim, they held the vote, and that's yeah. it. It's over. Zoom it's over. walks away. Now, you know, was there also a concern, perhaps, uh, from a, a national security front? And did that have anything to do with this? I have no insight into that. Uh, all I know is... There was no way five nine shareholders were going to approve this unless Zoom significantly improved the consideration. Largely, uh, the expectation was with cash, and they couldn't do it, or they didn't do it. it didn't. They couldn't get there. They couldn't bridge the gap. Held the vote, and it's over. Well, you, Zoom has to be more than Zoom. It, uh, when you talk to people about Zoom, they say it's got to become a platform. It can't just be a Consumer to consumer thing doesn't. Now, my stepson works for Zoom, so I don't want to. I want to disclose that, but I think it's really important that people recognize that Five Nine was a way for them to be more than just a thing. 
become more of a service, and it was vital, I feel. And I also thought it would have been a great combination. Yeah. Uh, both are up. Five Nine's going to have an analyst meeting. Uh, Zoom may be up in part on short covering because one right. would anticipate that given the news today and the move of the stay-at-home plays that this would be down were it not for the short covering related to, obviously, right. the dissolution of the transaction. Well, it, it's amazing that this thing kept going on. I mean, like you knew, you said this is going to not happen. So, David, let me ask you, why doesn't why isn't a vote withdrawn? Why do they have to go through the motion when they know it's going to lose? What's that? Wait, I'm sorry. Look, Zoom knew it wasn't going to win. Well, that's why they held the vote. No, they I'm wanted. saying, like, it's a sham vote. Is it a sham vote? So I'm saying, why didn't they just pull it off? Well, they did Because why not? Because they don't have to pay anything. True. There's no break right. fee once the vote right. goes down from the shareholders. So... It's kind of like Congress. Yeah. A lot of sham votes. Which we haven't really mentioned yet, no. but we'll talk about it in a bit. Still to come, uh, the National Association of Manufacturers President, Jay Timmons, on supply chain concerns, that infrastructure bill, and a lot more. Take a look at the bond report, see how treasuries are faring as we get more cross-currents today. We've been, been watching uh, yields all week with the hearings of the Treasury Secretary and the Fed Chief. Tenure, about 148. Uh, S&P's up, but still more than 100 points down from Monday's opening high. We're back in a minute. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rick Santelli here live on the CME HQ. And we have breaking news. Our September final read on market PMI, M-A-R-K-I-T, 60.7. Now replaces mid-month read at 60.5, an improvement of two-tenths. And if we look sequentially to the final read of August, that was 61.1. So sequentially a bit lower, but still better off on the back half of the month than we anticipated. Yields have dipped a bit. They're still up several basis points on the week. And the data, more data to come. University of Michigan construction spending and ISM at the top of the hour. And Squawk on the Street will return after these messages. Kathy Wood uh, talking about uh, her their EV forecast says that we might be looking at peak global oil demand. On the other hand, Jim, shorter term Exxon with filing says higher oil prices are probably going to add as much as one and a half billion to Q3 earnings. Um, we also have B of A this morning saying that hundred dollar oil could spark the next macro crisis. Well, look, uh, it's certainly possible. I speak to enough oil companies that are so worried about environment and also want to return money to shareholders. Now, Devon was one second best for what second best performer last quarter. They're the company that has led this whole charge of saying, you know what, we are not going to blow up the balance sheet anymore. We're going to return capital. That has never been what oil companies have done other than when Rockefeller in the book, David, when he first started. And yeah, well, she's, and she's talking about whale oil. That's what they first started with. Well, she's had yeah. a historical perspective. Until uh, the fines in Pennsylvania yes. started it all off. Or- and that farm of mine, I keep telling my That's wife, Rockefeller. Let's, let's drill in the basement. Um, meanwhile, I mean, I'm seeing a story here. A German power plant just ran out of coal. <laughs> We they ran out of coal. They want coal. We'll send them all I mean, the coal you want. Europe is having some weird are, energy yeah. well, shortage problems. China is too. Yeah. But we're not, and that's important. But the fact is, is oil is a world price. And natural gas is not so much a world price. And it's entirely possible we keep going higher because the Permian, which was this place of great growth, is no longer a great growth. Yeah. 
Uh, it would have an effect on airlines, of course, their second biggest cost after labor. Uh, today, though, J.P. Morgan upgrades Southwest on the return of tourists from Europe, Jim. Uh, uh, I'm no longer as big a fan of Southwest. Their execution has been suboptimal versus, uh, say, a Delta. Um, which I like more. I Why? What, what about their execution do you point they, to that's been suboptimal? Well, they have had labor problems all of a sudden. They've missed the quarter repeatedly. Uh, they are, I think, not necessarily where you want to be if international travel opens. Because they're largely uh, a domestic carrier. Right, going to be right. fantastic. I think people are going to go back overseas and go places, especially now. Again, I can't emphasize enough the pill. I mean, people say, okay, listen, if I get sick, I'll take the pill. It's uh, very well, big. Yeah, and already, look at Macau month on month, sequentially, up 32.4. Uh, you can imagine what would happen if we got an, an oral all around the world. Oh, Although, boy. Susquehanna cuts MGM today, saying that uh, DraftKings going after Intane puts their grip mm-hmm. on the market at risk. Th- there is just a fero- ferocious battle for clients in, in, in gambling. I would point out that when my travel trust owns win, this would be an example of what we'll be writing about for the club, uh, that win has been really down and out. And one of the reasons is because China is so worried about the Olympics that they want safety. They're afraid that people will contract. Now, you're going to contract and get rid of it with the Hornets? That's amazing. Win was the, I think, the worst performer for last quarter. It's just hard. Uh, and Las Vegas Sands right behind it. Well, Win is an example of something um, given that the I, concerns I, about my and the new bought, contract in 2022. I, I thought, you know, Matt Maddox had the best program, and I thought that China was going to. I didn't think that, I thought that China was going to. This is an example of what I talk about in the club. That I thought that China was going to be more relaxed about this. China went the other way. Uh, I thought that Vegas is unbelievable numbers. I thought people would care. They don't. Uh, but it's very inexpensive stock at this point. The, the replacement value will cost about $13 billion, and it's at $9, $9 billion, and I think Maddox is terrific. Overall, I mean, we've been, we spent the hour talking about this potential game changer on the reopening uh, out of Merck. But B of A, once again today, their Q4 view, higher inflation, more hawkish central banks, right. peaking earnings, uh, sell rallies into a, a Fed taper that might begin in November, which apparently Kashkari is okay with. Well, so which, yes. what do you do? Well, I've been saying ever since September 17th, which was a short-term peak, that we have to wait. I was using Larry Williams' work, great technician. But just looking at the last 20 years, the bottom has come October 22nd. If you look at 20-year, 20 20-year 20 growth of data, between October 17th and October 22nd is where this market is bottomed. So far, it is exactly like the last 20 years. If you average it out, it's just exactly like it. So don't get too bullish. But it's not long. October 22nd is not that far away. Yeah. yeah. No, 22 days, I think, actually, well, if I'm <laughs> correct by <laughs> my math here. Oh, you got it. Yeah. It's October yeah. today. Well, you really just must have done well in that class. You know it. Wow. I wowed them with my math yeah, skills. You really no, that was arithmetic, David. It was not math. <laughs> oh, okay. No, yeah. it's called arithmetic. Uh-huh. I got to talk about two things that are really important. One is IFF. Uh, Andreas Fibig has re- re- retired, and the stock's up nine. Well, I used to be a frequent guessing, but that company, Fruiteram, wasn't that good. That did not go well, that Fruiteram No, but that, when a stock's up um, nine, when someone retires, even if they're a very nice, good person, it does raise eyebrows, David. Haven't they had raise an activist eyebrows. in there, or am I... Am I Who, Jimmy? I thought they had an activist in there as well. Well... It didn't go that well for the activist. Oh, no, but... And then, David, I don't know, who would be other than, you know, uh, uh, other than the Holmans, who would you like to hear from most tonight? 
in terms of who you talked about? Um, I'd like to hear from Jeff Bezos. You got him tonight? No? That's, that's no, Monday, right? I had the head chief of sustainability for Amazon who's ordering 100,000 Rivians. Uh, let's see. Who, what guest is it that you've taken that was once ours and now have made your own? Owen Trillo. Head of 5-9. Yeah, oh, the head of 5-9. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty good guess that I lined up during this, this uh, when I was frantically working about the, for the club. I just you just did important. that during the commercial break? Yes, I did. I got rowing. I text with. I was going back and forth with him last night while uh, I, I just felt he might be a good guest to have. And I wanted to nail it down, but then David scooped me with the Holmans. But you know what, David, I don't just, I don't take it lying down. I come right back with something I think's good. That is good. It's unfortunate he wasn't with us on this show, but that's okay. You have another show to do. We understand that. He had the that. Holmans. He had the did. Holmans. I did. It's true. I did in the flesh. This is the best get that I've seen in a long time. So I it's came been, up with uh, You know, it's been fascinating to report on a story for as long as this period has been from those dark days in March of 2020 till today, and thankfully, at least, uh, watch something progress. Look, look, look. Uh, Gottlieb and Topol, my best guys, game changer. I went at a Topol hard. I said, no way, no way. He said, no, understand. If we can get this so that pre-illness... We talked well, about oral antivirals for a long time. Yeah. Today is a, is a momentous day oh, well, for it that. Is. And so. I think people may not understand. I remember when polio was conquered, and, I, and then I, I got the I had sugar cube after the day, and it was like, you're kidding me. Does it really work? There were people oh. who actually debated it. Yeah. It wiped it out. And against every variant. I think that's an important yeah. point yeah, to I think make. Evacor uh, put it best this morning. They said the data really is that good. No. Uh, so we'll be Congratulations watching. to them and thank you. Yeah. Uh, Jim, congratulations again on the investing yes. plus. Thank you. It's yes. huge news. Uh, Locked into that seat forever. For, well, at least for the foreseeable 200 years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you tonight. Mad thank Money, you. 6 p.m. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step. But having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.